0: From AccuWeather.com, this is AccuWeather Daily. A brief host read article, it's weather news in a nutshell. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call, quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. From AccuWeather.com, this is AccuWeather Daily. A brief host-read article, it's weather news in a nutshell. Hurricane Ian is on course to move toward the west coast of Florida as it travels from the Caribbean, a rare but not unheard of path. AccuWeather's Allison Finch looks back at six of the biggest hurricanes to hit the Gulf Coast of Florida in today's AccuWeather Daily for Wednesday, September 28th. AccuWeather meteorologists are warning of the possibility that Hurricane Ian in the Caribbean could continue to intensify moving forward, with the storm's sights set on striking the west coast of Florida, an often-missed target. After making the trek from the Caribbean into the eastern Gulf of Mexico, the current forecast track for Ian shows the hurricane continuing to intensify after moving over Cuba, reaching a Category 4 strength on the Saffir-Simpson hurricane wind scale, and then impacting the United States by the middle to end of this week. According to a historical database provided by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, there have been about 160 hurricanes, excluding tropical storms, that have affected Florida. Only 17 of the 160 have passed close to the west coast, north of the Florida Keys. Of those 17, there is no record of a hurricane having tracked entirely up the west coast of Florida since reliable records began in 1944. If the potential track of the storm stays along the west coast, it could be a very unusual track, AccuWeather senior weather editor Jesse Farrell explained, stating that most storms typically travel northeast or northwest, not up the coast. In fact, there was only one hurricane before 1944, a Category 5 hurricane in 1935, that hit the Keys, then run up the west coast, Farrell said. Tampa's highest storm surge on record, however, came from the unnamed hurricane of 1921. Downtown, the water rose 10 feet. That hurricane plowed directly into the west coast north of Tampa, delivering a worst-case scenario storm surge that was funneled into Tampa Bay. The surge destroyed much of the seawall that existed then, inundating much of the area and reducing buildings to rubble. According to the Tampa Bay Times— which covered the 90th anniversary of the 1921 storm in 2011, the population of the five-county area was around 135,000 people when that storm hit. According to Census.gov, that population has expanded to 3.38 million in 2021. It's important to note that Florida has had recent hits from storms that were hurricanes but were downgraded to tropical storms before landfall, Farrell said, noting the two most recent storms that made landfall as tropical storms, ELSA in 2021, which made landfall just west of Tampa on Treasure Island, and ADA in 2020, which made landfall north of Tampa in Cedar Key. Farrell narrowed the data down even further to six of the biggest hurricanes to affect the west coast of Florida— While the current brewing threat likely won't follow the exact same path as any of these storms, understanding how previous storms made landfall on Florida's west coast gives insight into comprehending how unusual the storm's track is right now. Starting with the most recent, Hurricane Irma came crashing into Marco Island in southwestern Florida as a Category 3 major hurricane in 2017. Hurricane Irma took that extremely unusual, north northwest track up the western half of Florida as a category one, causing widespread damage in the state, Farrell said. It was a wake up call for West Coast Floridians who were not prepared. Arma resulted in more than three hundred twenty million dollars in damages across southwestern Florida, according to a report from NOAA. Twelve years earlier, Hurricane Wilma took advantage of the warm Caribbean waters and low wind shear in the atmosphere, and the storm underwent a record-setting and staggering period of intensification, strengthening from a Category 1 to a Category 5 hurricane in just 24 hours. After making landfall in Mexico, Wilma took aim at the Florida Peninsula, making landfall as a Category 3 hurricane near Cape Romano, Florida. The aftermath was devastating. Wilma was the ninth costliest hurricane to impact the U.S. in history with the total estimated cost of more than $25 billion, according to the 2020 Consumer Price Index Adjusted Cost. Just one year before Wilma wreaked havoc on Florida's southwestern coast, Hurricane Charlie left its mark. Charlie made landfall just west of Cape Coral in 2004 as a Category 4 hurricane and was one of the most severe hurricanes to make landfall on Florida's west coast. It rapidly intensified from a Category 2 to a Category 4 hurricane just before landfall. After landfall, Charlie sliced through the center of the state and worked its way up the east coast. By the time it crossed North Carolina, it had weakened into a tropical storm. Charlie was blamed for killing more than a dozen people in the Caribbean and the U.S. combined, with damages estimated to cost close to $17 billion dollars. Hurricane Gladys in 1968 and Hurricane Donna in 1960 both had similar tracks. Gladys made landfall as a Category 2 between the Florida Panhandle and Tampa, which is considered to be a rare track for any hurricane, much less a Category 2, Farrell explained. Gladys sliced through northern Florida and continued as a hurricane to the Outer Banks just off North Carolina. Although Hurricane Donna carved a similar path as Hurricane Gladys, it made landfall farther south, hitting just south of Cape Coral as a Category 3 hurricane. Donna then sliced through Florida and continued as a Category 2 hurricane, making landfall in North Carolina. But instead of fizzling out and weakening after making landfall in North Carolina, Donna continued up the East Coast, making another landfall in Long Island as a Category 2 hurricane. Donna was one of the most destructive hurricanes to affect Florida in modern times, according to the National Weather Service, which noted that there were 12 fatalities in Florida. Damage estimates have ranged from $36 million to $350 million. Last, but certainly not least, Hurricane Easy in 1950 was a nightmare storm for western Florida, according to Farrell. Hurricane Easy made its first U.S. landfall in Florida as a Category 3 hurricane, just north of Tampa, near Cedar Key. It meandered around and made a second landfall 24 hours later in Spring Hill, which is about 55 miles south of Cedar Key as a Category 2 hurricane. Post-landfall, Easy weakened into a tropical storm that continued north through Florida, before becoming a tropical depression in Georgia and finally fizzling out in Arkansas. Hurricane Easy dumped 38.7 inches of rain in 24 hours in parts of Florida and caused $3.3 million in damages, NOAA reported. Once again, people along the Gulf Coast of Florida, as well as elsewhere in the state, should remain vigilant and be prepared for a strike by an intense hurricane in the days ahead, according to AccuWeather Forecasters. That's it for today. To track Hurricane Ian or to get your up-to-the-minute local forecast at your fingertips, download the AccuWeather app or visit AccuWeather.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping